Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I, Allison, where do you, you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. <laughs> A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We and talk about all sorts and, of dirty stuff, yeah. but also parenting stuff. Yeah. So check out Childish new episodes every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Everyone, hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here nearly against my will in the house, not in the studio. I am in Daniel and my office, which is like our makeshift studio when we have to record in the house. And I'm sitting here with Daniel, and I've got a head full of steam and a belly full of half calf. It's 11.06 p.m., and I said, do I dare drink coffee at this time? I do. This is my second cup of half-calf today, bringing my grand total to three cups. One and a half calves. Wait, how do you get that? Three half-calves. No, I had two full calves. Oh. And two half-calves. Two and a half calves. Nope, just three cups. Three calves. Hello, Daniel. No, Welcome. this is a half calf. Yeah, but I had a half calf before. You had one, two full calves and two half calves? Yes. Oh. That's three calves. That's three calves. Hello, how are you doing? Um, good. I really think it's a mistake to be doing half calf, but you're doing it for the people and, I, and they should appreciate that. I hope they do. Because you're going to be up all night and then you're going to wonder why you were up all night. I know. What's the way around this conundrum? No calf after 10. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's late. I mean, I'm just under the wire then. So, uh, listen, I think we should explain why we're in the house. It's not interesting, but that's never been the bar I've set for myself before. And if you don't tell people who are listening... They... They'll go crazy wondering why. They'll be like, where has she planted her supple... Heine. It, it's like, why would they be in the office? And then rumors will start. Right. You know, people will jump on Reddit. It'll become part of the Q conspiracy. And who knows where this takes us. Is that a reference to you, this Q conspiracy? That's right. Are, are you telling the people my secret? You know what your secret is? That I'm Q? No, it's that I'm sitting here, again, in the house. And my bottoms are wet. Because you, and I, I felt, I did, to be honest, I was like, bitch, move along from the coffee. We're done with the coffee. We don't need to go into, the, into coffee. And so then when the next topic I wanted to bring up, which also happened to be coffee, came to my mind, I was like, I can't do it. But I have to. You spilled my coffee all over me because you had a weird freak out. And by the way, I definitely relate to weird freak outs because I have them over like 
all like when I was young, I couldn't stand wearing layers, especially if the seams didn't line up. So Bert Kreischer's daughter goes to some or went, this is a while ago, went to some like an occupational therapist or something. Like I feel like there's a special kind of therapy that deals with these kinds of issues. And you don't normally have this kind of stuff, but you just did a moment ago. Your chair was hitting resistance and you couldn't figure out where it was coming from because you looked down and you didn't see it. So you were like, ah! and you just like flailed your chair at the table. I'm sorry. This is a totally misrepresentation <laughs> of what went down. And then for the second time, it was the second time you bumped the table. It's a wobbly fucking table. Hence my issues with this whole setup which we haven't even gotten into why we're doing this here and it's not that interesting anyway but again not my concern so first you spilled just a little coffee on the table and then you threw your body via chair at the table and my microphone fell over my coffee fell over me and so and it got on the carpet too and then i had to clean myself up with wet wipes Mm -hmm. so i'm currently wet so i know what you're doing what do you think happened you're you're lying in order to make people enter- to entertain the people when the reality is no. when the reality is much less controversial i don't you you make a grave error in thinking that i think <laughs> this, this is, is what entertaining. went down i just have this i just what have to tell them i tried on me. i tried to pull my seat forward so i was closer to the microphone okay and it bumped the table and spilled the coffee and i was like what just bumped the table i'm miles from the table <laughs> like we have a, a covering for the table that is covering the tabletop. Tell them what it is. It's a a, a large stretchy towel. <laughs> we're very we're very classy. Uh, you got to muffle not, the sound. It's not my Brooklyn and towels, by the it's way. Just to muffle the towel, yeah. the sound. Anyway, uh, the the legs of the table are really far from my chair, so it was confusing why it bumped it. I thought I had more room, mm. and so you were you were just like, arr, arr, okay, fine. And you, you lifted up. That was exactly how you sounded. Mm. You lifted up your coffee and you said, okay, fine. Just do, do what you're going to do. Yeah. So I pushed my chair forward, thinking, looking down at the table leg, thinking I had a good 16 inches. <laughs> and it slammed into, the, slammed into the table and then it rocked the table and knocked your microphone over. That was my mad flailing, as you put it. But the chi- what happened was the arm of the chair, which is like curved, the very tip top of it, the, the tabletop is very thick. Mm. And so it bumped right. the it tabletop. It was obscured by the towel. It was obscured by the towel. You're not used to tabletops that are this thick and this light. You're looking for something dirty this is to like say. A, it's like a flotation device of a table. It's a weird table is what I'm saying. Yeah. And... uh and that's all. Innocent mistake. But I was given permission by you. You so said, I do had your conflated thing. the two. When I said, go ahead, throw your body through the air at the table, you had already spilled my coffee all over me. The, no. Is what you're saying. No, no. The first time I, I knocked the table, there was a little bit of coffee spillage. Yeah. You picked up your coffee. Oh, okay. And then you said, okay, just do it. Just like take care of this right now. Yeah. And what happened. Mm-hmm. Was that the table knocked the microphone over, and the microphone knocked your coffee, and that's what spilled the coffee in your lap. But it was because you threw your body at it. I didn't throw my body at it. I was moving my chair forward. Well, whatever. That's what I said. Threw your body via your chair. You banged the table, and it Rube Goldberg esque. 
Gold, and I, I said Goldberg. So listen, anyone out there who thinks I who that I, who thinks that I think his name is Rube Goldberg. Tony, cut all this out. <laughs> God's sake, how no, many episodes for God's sake no one cares <laughs> what's that like how if he's cutting out the boring stuff how far back is he going look if para, I got in a room with Tony to this episode if I got in a room with Tony these episodes would be five minutes would I even be in them nope <sighs> anyway we our child care is not a sure thing for tomorrow, which is the day we were planning on recording. Hence, we are back to early days of COVID when we had to record, when we had to take care of our children ourselves, first of all. And we like had to. animals. Re- yeah. <laughs> right. It does not come naturally, it's against every instinct you have. And we had to record ourselves at night in the house. Now, and I'm just, just one more minute on this and then we're moving on to something else. I believe, because I'm curious what other people think. I believe, and this is not why I'm full of fire right now. It's the half calf doing its work. Um, I feel like we put our kids to bed. We could go to the studio, which is how many feet from the house do you feel like the studio is? 20. It's about 20 feet from the house. We could go in there and record. They'll sleep through the whole thing. Daniel feels like it's, we can't, when they're asleep in the house, we can't leave the house, which I respect where you're coming from, but I feel like we could do it. But tell me why you think we shouldn't. Uh, if one of them starts crying or something happens in the house, I want to be here and know that it's happening. Yeah. But, what it, but I mean, every single other night, they don't start crying in the night. At that mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. like there are occasionally Owen will cry at night, but it's later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So therefore, I feel like we'd be fine. Odds are we would be fine. But? I'm not doing it. I know. I feel like this is the reason Do I'm, you remember when some people we knew... Yeah, be careful. Went on vacation. Yes. And they left their child, their baby child, in their hotel room. Mm-hmm. And then they went down and had drinks at the bar. I feel like this is different. It is not any different. Yes, it is. How is it different? We're 20 feet away. With two doors shut between us. We would never know. We would never hear anything. We're not going to a bar to drink. We're going 20 feet away to work. All right. What if you had a detached garage and you had to go get something from the garage? It's different because it's not an hour and a half. Um, now, for anyone listening, thinking just bring your baby monitor, our monitor doesn't stretch that far. That's right. the issue. If it did, though, would you think it was okay? Yeah. Maybe we should just get that. We could get an internet-based one. Daniel. Mm-hmm. Would you like me to, and I'm going to eventually get into both of these. Okay. But would you like to hear about my change in philosophy regarding Let It Mellow? Or would you like to hear about how I was listening to an interview with Deborah Feldman, the woman that Unorthodox is based on, which we just watched. And I realized there's ways in which my family culturally is almost like a Hasidic Jewish family. All right, let's get into the interesting one. The P. So (laughs) I have decided I'm tired of letting it mellow. Thank you. 
the Lord. I feel like it might be better for the environment, but it's worse for keeping the toilet bowl not disgusting. Oh my God. I know you've been waiting for this day. I'm Do you want to sing? <laughs> um, Should we have Tony insert some kind of like magical, like twinkly, like did it? It's just nice. It's to just what? nice. It's it's nice to not always find yellow in the in the <laughs> every single time I want to go to the But bottom. it's always just mellowing. That's the problem. It's just sitting there mellowing. Uh I get it. Yeah, it's it's a water issue. Uh maybe there's other ways we could conserve water. You know. But there's ways of of doing that with the tank and stuff, but like it doesn't mean you have to flush every single time, but just like, you know, every third time <laughs> you can, you know what I mean? Because what I'll find in the toilet is just, it's just days full worth. of toilet paper. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, the amount of toilet paper that I is used can't. per urination is... <laughs> insane it's especially, insane especially if you knew how how what a small amount of urination we're talking this about is gross conversation i don't care um, you, listeners i love you when i say i don't care it's not that i don't respect you it's that i don't respect myself it's that i feel that someone's listening to this like and and they're like yeah that's me mm. i am you i am you with the toilet paper use <sighs> yeah i don't know like I can't. I, I'm not judging. I'm just saying it's always it's always surprising. I did have a guest who uh, used our toilet and didn't flush. It was just pee. But that was and it was I did someone I wouldn't expect it of, and that was surprising to me. And I was like, was that an error, or does he think that that's what we do? By the way, you're probably thinking, yeah, because he came upon a bowl full of urine. No, he didn't. He came <laughs> upon a bowl of urine. Is that your favorite Christmas carol? Yes. <laughs> um, so how are you, Dequants? What's uh, going on in that head of yours? I'm doing okay. This is a. It's been a, a tough week just because it's been. You know, there's so many projects that I feel like I need to do around the house, just around the house. Forget personal shit. And every day has been so busy with work that. I haven't been able to, there, there will be days, like three days this week where I wake up, sit at the computer and then, and like the next time I look up from the computer, it's afternoon. And after a day like that, you know, being on the phone, a conference call is working. It's like my brain is just in this like hypnotized state mm -hmm. and I can't get out of it. So I feel like the answer is like to do some cardio after that to like flush the system so i'm gonna start doing that to uh, flush the numbers out of your head because you feel do like spread i've gotten a real bird's eye view, more than a bird's eye view because a bird's eye is like above well unless away. i'm also a bird a bird's eye view I've of another a bird. fellow bird's eye view <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. what is there are there birds that hover really close to you uh uh hummingbirds more like a um moth penguin <laughs> I'm gonna penguins eye view. 
of what you do during the day and you've got multiple screens yeah. and one of them just has spread sh- like a bunch of spreadsheet cells yeah it's exciting and you just like you stare at it and then you also mutter to yourself and i have been so tempted to do you live- you got to you're going to bring that up that i mutter to myself that's what i'm bringing <laughs> up right now yeah and i've been so tempted to live tweet your work talk your your conversation that you have with yourself it's not a conversation i have with myself i sometimes will mutter because it helps me if i am if I'm working on something that requires an intense amount of concentration and I'm trying to keep track of things, sometimes saying the thing out loud helps me keep track of where I am in the thought process. Mm. I'm not like having a conversation with myself. I'm not like, so what do you think of this, Daniel? I'm like, uh, yeah, it's cool. I think you got it. I mean, I think if you went over here, oh, that, you know what? I didn't think of that. Oh, yeah. Why don't you go over to this tab and see what's going on? Oh, <laughs> Look at that. You were right. Yeah. Oh, that's working. Thank you, Daniel. Hey, you're welcome, pal. No, it's not that. It's not that. It's not a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's... No, it's a like, yeah, I'll fucking show you. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> you, there was something where well, it's sometimes like, I'm going to things... prove it. I'm going to prove it. Oh, yeah. It's proven. Well, sometimes I'll do that to because I know you're there listening. Oh, yes. really? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, I didn't realize that. I don't talk to benefit. spreadsheets like that unless there's someone there who I know is hearing me. Go, uh, come on. <laughs> I thought that was legit. I thought you were. Li- <laughs> yeah, that's right. I go. Yeah, yeah, that's right, motherfucker. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. I thought that you really do that. No. <laughs> you played it so so realistically. No. So what kind of things do you feel like you say to yourself? I'll just say, like, sometimes I'll just mutter out loud the thing that I'm trying to keep track of, whatever it happens to be. So I'll just, I'm not going to recreate in my mind work. (laughs) (laughs) Now, do you think, and here's where it's going to take a turn. Oh, we need Tony to put an effect for taking a turn, too. Daniel, do you think part of the reason you have to mutter your... Got to give it the respect that this deserves. Do you think part of the reason you mutter to yourself is because you are always, you're doing this super intense work that requires concentration, but you are also watching a podcast at the same time, which I don't know how you possibly do I'm mostly that. listening. Well, I'll have it though. Okay. But, you, but if it's a live podcast, you'll have YouTube like open mm-hmm. on your phone and you're listening. And uh, in the words of my therapist... No one can multitask, really. I can. No, you can't. Mm, well, I guess it depends on what you mean by multitask. I mean, can you listen to music and uh like a lot of the a lot of the work that I do it oh God. Um <laughs> you, the work will be like period of time that it requires intense concentration followed by a period of time of just executing the work that i spent the time concentrating so do you turn it off when you're concentrating often okay well then i have no issues with the way you work which is weird because i do oh well that's nice i didn't realize uh that this was up for for your approval but i'm glad i got it well, you're welcome. 
It's a win-win all around then, don't you think? Look at us, making it work. Would you like to hear a voicemail? Sure. Hi, Allison. Love your show. I wanted to know your opinion about reselling gifts that you've been given from family members, especially ones that are deemed sentimental by the giver. Right now, I am in a feud with my sister. She found out that I'm trying to sell the wall clock that my parents gave me for my college graduation seven years ago. I've never liked it. I just I keep looking at it and I just, I don't know. I just want to sell it. And now she's upset. And if she thinks, she thinks that if my mom finds out, she's going to be really sad. I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) This is interesting. I think sell it to your sister or give it to your sister. If she has these feelings about it and you don't, then it's, I doubt the the sister will care because this is, it's all about for the sister. It's it's sentimental because they give it to her. Right? Yeah, but I'm just saying this is a step up from selling it to a stranger. Uh, well, I mean, it's interesting to me when both sides of this are interesting. People who are overly sentimental about things and people who have no sentimentality right. about anything. <laughs> I happen to be someone who has trouble getting rid of anything. Oh, God, tell me about it. I have trouble getting rid of anything. So I, I am probably the wrong person to ask about this because my reaction is like, but how would you feel if they died? <laughs> or mm-hmm. And I, I have the reaction in that voice. Um, but I feel like she is pretty clear cut on how she feels about it. So, but it's also not her decision to make. No, the the oh the the, the one the who owns the clock. Yeah, not the sister. Yeah, it's the not caller. the sister. It's not the sister's call. Like, right. uh, I mean, it's kind of weird that the sister would get upset about this. Honestly, mm-hmm. like I feel like that's it's none of her business. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know what your relationship with your sister is, but just as someone who doesn't have any like close siblings, you know, uh, or, you know, that I really grew up with, um, I just don't, I can't relate to that. I'm just like, what, get out of my business. Um, you could, I mean, I don't know, is it like worth a lot of money? If it's not worth a lot of money, uh, I would just lay low for a while and then sell it on the DL when it's forgotten about (laughs) If you have to sell it, also you could always just put it up in a garage or somewhere. If 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 the question, I guess, is like, is it important to your parents? Like, do they care? Because um, if they do care, then maybe hang on to it and like, if they need it to be up somewhere, put it somewhere like that no one will ever see it. <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, like my grandmother, um, <laughs> she my stepfather gave her a painting. He was a professional artist Mm -hmm. and he gave her a painting and, um, I I don't know. I don't know what her thinking was. She put it up in the garage. (laughs) So when she'd pull her car up, she'd see it. And it just made him so angry because of course it's so undignified. It's such a terrible, like, but also, you know, it gets, it gets dirty. And it was just so disrespectful, but she was always like, but I see it when I drive up and I, I do not know to this day. Right. Like was she being passed? Yeah. Like, right. Like I think in her mind, she probably did think that that was a good place for it. What was it? What was it of? Tit mountain. No, really? Yeah. It was like a mountain that looked like a big boob. Are you serious? 
I mean, I don't know if that was his intention, but that's but how I But it probably was, because this is the guy who had the poster of, this, yeah. of a cat in a jar that said, it was like, he did landscapes. pussy. He did landscapes, and it was like a, a peach, like everything was normal desert tones, and then in the middle was this like... Nipple? It was like a hill that looked like a boob. Is that why she put it out there, do you think? I doubt. I doubt she saw it. Who the hell knows, you know? I mean, I was a kid when all this went down. I had no concept of what they understood. Um, it's this. The caller has... It's an interesting question because I feel as if I'm supposed to say, yeah, sell it. It's yours. Who cares? It's your life. Live your life. You do you. Like, I feel like that's... I'm wondering if that's what advice columns would say. And yet, I feel like it's a... It's more comp. Okay. If your parents would find out, I think it's more complicated than that. Obviously, it's you can do whatever you want to do, but is it worth it hurting these people's well, that, feelings? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What, right. like, I'm wondering if the sister is saying that because she knows that it would hurt the parents' feelings, or if your sister just has her own standards that the parents don't have. That's kind of important because if it's like your parents don't care, then who cares what the sister thinks? You know. I mean, not who cares, but like, it's not really her call here. On the other hand, like you're saying, it's like, is it really so important to sell it right now? Or could you just like, I don't know, you know, just make it a non-issue for a while. Um, that being said, she's like, I've never liked it. I just keep looking at it. I definitely think you don't need, this is the advice I'm giving you. If you can afford it, because I don't know if if you're selling it because you need money, that's then there's different criteria. But if you can choose a wall clock you like and go get or whatever, if you need, yeah, wall clock. And go get that and put that up and then figure out later what to do with this one. Or don't take it down and not put a clock up and say... The reason I don't want it up is because I don't want clocks on the walls because, and then make up a story about how being constantly reminded of what time it is stresses you out. Mm. You're trying to like clear oh your head. Oh my God, that's a better and idea. And then it's just like, it's just out of sight and they, there's an you know, explanation. And they wouldn't want it up if, then, if they knew right. it was causing you stress. That's right. Um, on childish when Greg or and I, okay give it to your sister and now that's it's what, sentimental was, that's what no, I started with no you said sell it give it as a or gift mm-hmm. and then it's sentimental to her and now she can't get rid of it by her own <laughs> logic Dun, you have landed upon it um you know on childish when Greg and I give parenting advice I actually try to give good advice and I am not even I am just so off the cuff all over the place on this show with the advice. We don't normally give advice on this show. No, we don't. But I'm pretty good at it. But I feel like we're going to start. That's the thing. We don't normally give advice, but I feel like we're going to start because people are going to hear this and they're going to be like, what more wisdom might they share? We're just changing lives left and right. Listen, if you want to call into the show, 323-553-2331. I'm going to give out some other things that they should do right now. I feel like we got, we have, for the rest of this show, mm. we have the challenge of trying to make up for the first part of the show where we talked about pee. Like, we have a mountain to climb. I think we a can do it. A tit mountain? Yeah, we have a tit mountain to climb. I think we can do it. Would you like to hear what some people think about the show in a little segment that I like to call 
iTunes comments of the week. Mm-hmm. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments and don't forget to click five stars. You guys leave nice comments for us and we'd like to read them on the show. And here is one. Daniel, don't stop. By Lori Lou Who. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss name. That's right. I'm sure that is that. What was it? Be- Peggy Sue. What were the Who? I'm sure that's a play on that. Su- Susie. I forget. Lou? I think it was Susie. Okay. Uh. Obviously, that's what she's intending. I suspect, but right? look, we don't know. Maybe not. Hmm. Okay, I'm loving these quarantine shows with Allison and Daniel. I enjoy hearing Cindy. Cindy Lou Who. Cindy Lou yeah. Who. That's why it reminded me because it's basically what she's doing. She's trying to remind me of it. I'm not clever. That's right. You're not. I'm loving these quarantine shows with Allison and Daniel. I enjoy hearing the rants. God bless you, Lori Lou Who. And most often agree and or totally understand. I'm so glad I don't have small kids. They wouldn't have survived this quarantine, LOL. Oh, jeez. Keep up the pods and miss Daniel on the Thursday shows. 100% on Salsa Thoughts, LOL. Yeah. I feel like there are more salsa options in the grocery store with the wide opening since I made that open letter. to. I haven't heard from the salsa companies. Mm -hmm. No one has dignified... Maybe they don't want to give you that. They're just going to quietly incorporate and that's your fine. advice. But you know what? That's fine. I don't need... My pride and my ego doesn't need the response as long as I Get the results. enact change. Oh, my God. It's all about the change. It's not about me. You are... You're like... You're like one of those heroes that people learn about in school. I, yeah. But I'm the kind of hero you wouldn't hear about in school. Right. Because... You're, you're not like one of the heroes. Because I... Because... I don't need my name to be in the school no, books. No, but I feel like they'll be like, what your history book didn't tell you, and that'll be about No, what'll you. happen is in 50, 100 years, some scholar doing their PhD mm. will write a paper about the impact that I had on things. You don't know about this guy, but he, he influenced all these different areas of American life. S- hanging sweaters? The way Americans hang sweaters today can be traced directly back to this one guy on this podcast or salsa mm-hmm. or walking, engaging your toes, engaging your toes while walking, standing, all, bending over. These are all things that uh, for which there's a quants method. Correct. Wait, what's bending over? Well, if you're bending over, okay, and you're picking something up when you stand... <laughs> Back up, if you like straighten yourself back up, uh-huh. if you engage the toes, <laughs> then you, it's perfect. Stra- it's a perfect straightening move. Oh, all, oh, like how they say lift from the toes. It, it literally ben, all, it's all happening with your toes. Also, you revolutionize the way we fall asleep. Oh my God. I really, this is one that has just changed my life. Remind me what the quants method for falling asleep is. All right. So you, uh, get on your side, <clears throat> then you, what you do is you you need more pillow behind your head than in front of your head. Mm-hmm. So don't don't bisect the pillow. It's really with important your head. that you get the ratio right. Like, would, should you be like a it's third? It's about a third of, to okay. two thirds. Got it. 
And then what you do is you do sort of a quarter roll. Like you kind of like as though you're going to go back on your back, Mm. but you only go a little bit of the way. You'll find a spot where it's comfortable. You suspend yourself. You'll find a spot where your body is just like not holding itself in that position. And it's that it's like that that suspended position. It's like it tricks your brain into into then falling into dreamland. Do you still do this every night? Yes, I told the shareholders that I would <laughs> tell them that I do it every night. You don't. Uh, I try. You I do whole, if I. Well, your whole body tensed up when I, I asked. Your eyes I got often, wide. I'm often. I often don't need extra help falling asleep. It's only really if you're kind of, I, uh, my brain is going, my brain is going. I need, this is like a way of uh, helping yourself sleep if you're having trouble. Do you recall last night? A mm, little bit. Because my memory is I had gone to bed Mm-hmm. And then you came in mm-hmm. to brush your teeth mm-hmm. and like do your pre-bed stuff. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, are you going to bed now? And you said yes. Bl- blowing the trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> right. To let the townsfolk know it's no. bedtime. No, that's what Ernie does with Bert. When, oh. er, Bert and Ernie are... Sorry, God. That's for my Sesame Street peeps out there. <laughs> I can't believe that you made a Sesame Street reference, but you thought I would know it. You don't know? That's like a classic Bert, Ernie and Bert skit where Bert is sleeping and then Ernie decides he's going to practice his trumpet and then Bert's like stop playing the trumpet he's like oh sorry and then he starts playing the drums <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it's like morning time and uh, whatever anyway no it sounds really good though I need to see it it's not as good as the banana in your ear what's that one Ernie's got a banana in his ear and Bert's like Ernie Ernie you got a banana in your ear and he's like what Bert He's like, you got a banana in your ear. He's like, what? I can't hear you, Bert. I got a banana in my ear. But that goes on for like three or four times. <laughs> anyway, so I was asleep. You came in. I'm like, oh, you're going to bed now? And you said, yes, I am. And then in the way, to me, it was like an hour and 45 minutes later, I was suddenly thrust out of bed with that awakeness that I get when something has woken me up that mm-hmm. says, now's the time to go have a snack in the kitchen, even though you've been so controlled all day, um, which is my own problem. But did it take you an hour and 45 minutes to get into bed? No. How long would you Wait, say from when to when? From when you went into the bathroom to brush your teeth. No, not at all. How long did it take you? Mm, like an hour 40. <laughs> no, really. No, it didn't take me that long at all. When did you notice when I left the bed? You every every night, and I try to be really, really sneaky. But you are the lightest sleeper <laughs> who's ever slept. Like I will, I will like creep, 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 and then I'll and then like get in the bed, and then it's always <laughs> like this. It's always as soon as I like get comfortable that it's like you shoot up out of bed uh-huh. at that point, and I don't know. If it's Wendy moving around or what it is. Sometimes it's Wendy that wakes you up. (laughs) But I always feel bad. But I try not to. So what you're saying, but from that moment, again, this is a conversation we should be having privately. From the moment at which you went into the bathroom to get ready to the time that I sprung out of bed. 15 minutes. Really? 15, 20 minutes. 
Really? Yeah. It not, felt not that like long. so much longer. No. Because it, it's that thing of when you're sort of asleep and you lose track of time. I think is why. But you, I feel like it was like two o'clock when I got out of bed. Yeah, but I went in there at like one twenty or so, or one thirty or one forty. Like, mm, did everyone at home catch? I that? didn't look at the fucking time, officer. I'm just saying, like it was it was late when I went in there. That's why I was two. So listen, not everyone loves our show as much as the person who loves you. Yeah, give, give it to me. Now this is the, this is the stuff. This is the this good is stuff. someone. It is. It is. This is a person who only ever. I love the haters. Comments. I love this them. is a common hater. But wait, now, I, just I don't say, like to I, in- hang. No, I'm saying something. I'm saying now. I don't like to encourage it. But listen, the negative comments are few and far between. So I know, but I want to say I complain about them, but really. I enjoy the haters. Yeah, but but we don't want to encourage haters. No, no, I'm not encouraging yeah. you, but we at the hate same time, you. At the same but time, sometimes it's entertaining. It entertains me. Okay, this podcast is really awful. Yeah, I've seen this name before. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a, maybe we have one hater. No, we have more. Mr. R. Paderso. Yeah, because I've made fun of this yes. name before. I think it's Peterson. Uh, Peter. Oh, oh, yeah. Do we know who this person is at all? Is this we person- don't. Oh, okay. If you enjoy listening to Nimrods talking about termites, construction trash in their yard for a year, closet doors that don't fit, and toilet seats that move when you sit on them, you will love this show. Also, poop and bad smells are their go-to topic. This is high-class stuff. Really- hey, we talked about pee this time, but so in your face. This person listens Dutifully. to every episode. I know. So what I would like to say to this person is you clearly are one of these people who enjoys those things. You you love Nimrods. <laughs> like what is your problem? <laughs> there is not one thing, not one thing that I listen to that I hate voluntarily. Like there are things that I have to watch because I have children that I do not like. <laughs> but there is nothing I choose on my own precious fucking time to listen to or watch that I don't love. Listen. It's wild. Apple.co slash Allison Rosen. Wait, I want to say something to our Paderso. Okay. Seriously. Seriously. I mean this. I mean this sincerely. As one human being to another with empathy, maybe get some therapy. Like there's something wrong that you're listening to a show that you hate this much. Why are you doing this? Well, as long as you're telling your friends to listen, I say do your thing. Okay, continue. Um, please leave us a nice comment. Click five stars to favorite number. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Rosen. Listen to my other podcast, Childish. <coughs> Excuse me. Follow me on page. Not fo- follow me is the wrong um, verb. Catch me on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. You get behind the scenes content. You get videos. You get stuff that I cut out of the main show that I leave in the video. You can you can get a gander at that. And also, uh, I'm on Cameo. And boy, I really think you get your money's worth. Unless you don't, but I think you do. So anyway, Daniel and I watched Unorthodox on Netflix. Have you guys seen it? It so is good. so good. My mom mentioned it a while ago, and she had said it's about a woman who's like escaping the Hasidic community. And I thought, that doesn't sound very good. Uh, and then I said, is it a documentary? Although I was hooked. That, that premise, it, I know, I'm, I'm into because that. you love anything cult or cult adjacent i am fascinated by religions generally cults uh in particular 
and I'm not saying every religion's a cult. I'm just saying it's a spectrum. But and also, I I had a good friend who became a Lubavitch Hasid. Can we talk though for a second about your love of cults? Because yeah. I recall when we were dating, and I had already realized you love this stuff. Yeah. We were watching something, and it was like a bunch of people in prairie dress. Is this going to be another story about how I told you something and you tuned me out or hated listening to it? What was the first story about? I don't know. I, every now and then, they'll be like, when we were first dating, you were trying to tell me this thing that you and I was just like, oh my God, this is so boring. I don't know. I don't recall okay, having that sorry. feeling okay. about you. Okay. I do know that there was this guy that I was dating once, mm. and I was this was... I was drinking a lot in these days. This is in New York. Did I live? Did you know that I lived in New York and I drank a lot? Mm, heard. So anyway, we were. I was. We were laying on his bed talking. It was not. It was, this was not a sexual moment. This is, we were just hanging out on his bed talking, and I was drunk, and he told me something very personal. I think about like someone close to him dying. I think maybe a cousin or something. And I know that I was like, I fell asleep (laughs) and I was trying to hide it. And I was, I was like, fuck. (laughs) It's like I was reading a book and I was on page 20 and now I'm on page 46 and I don't know what happened and I can't tell him either. Mm. So anyway. Okay. um, Sorry. Please continue. I was telling you something about something cult related. You were watching something that had like a bunch of people in prairie dresses like running around on a hill Hmm. um and you were like i know this sounds crazy but like doesn't that look kind of fun (laughs) wait we were watching this together i don't think you had dvr'd it (laughs) can i tell you want to know what my assessment is and has always been Hmm. of your love of your um fascination with cults and communes and stuff like that Mm -hmm. you had a very solitary childhood Mm mm-hmm and I think that something about the this like prefab community with a lot of kids and a lot of people all as acting as one big family is appealing to you. You're way off. Um, are you sure about that? <laughs> yes, because okay. that's that part of it isn't interesting to me. What is interesting? The mind control part of it. Oh. I think I think it's because straight I straight to up, the heart of the darkness. I grew up with a lot of um. Mm, let's just say intense personalities and and uh i think that i'm i've always been fascinated by that uh the way that people can um influence other people and con them and manipulate them and i think that the cult thing where you get somebody to totally change their life and leave behind everything is fascinating I think a lot about how, like, you, well, I don't want to get into it, but yes, I think that that's way more interesting to me than the commune part of it. The commune part of it. The community part of it seems to be, to me, me. what is, has always appealed to you about it. Not at all. Although I would say. you're wrong. Well, I would say that I do think that communes divorced from the idea of cult are not a bad thing and that we should strive to live more in communities where we are more interconnected and relying on one another. That would be healthy, right, for humanity. But the part where there's like a cult aspect to it, it's not appealing at all. That's well, it's a nightmare. 
Did you have a fascination with the Von Trapp family? Did you memorize the order of the children and I didn't, perhaps name your first turtle Liesl like <laughs> I did? No, I didn't even know anything about Sound of Music really until recently. I mean, I knew it. I knew some of the songs, but I never really watched it. I don't think I'd ever seen the full thing until recently. I was reading on some mom message board that it's a really good movie for kids. Like, they really like it. Um, and so I put it on, and I remember Elliot being very taken with it. But then, like, near the the whole thing that happens near the end with that movie, I don't. I feel like I'd. It's a very long movie. I don't think I'd ever really seen it because it was as if I was seeing it for the first time. Whereas the begin, like the first yeah. two thirds of it, I had I was familiar with. Yeah. That's not the point of all this. The no, point is unorthodox. And then I was like. Um, my mom told me about it and it didn't sound very interesting to me. And then I wondered, is it a documentary? And she said, no, it's not. And I thought, yeah, still not into it. And then I don't, and then Wendy mentioned it. Um, not the dog. Wendy the human. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. It's not just mind control that I'm interested in. I'm, in, I'm interested in belief and belief systems. So I don't want to cast it all as negative. I'm, I'm interested in religion generally. Yes. Okay. Continue. I'm sorry. What appeals to you about the idea of a cult is is all the friends you'd have. Right. That's definitely right. That's what it is. Yes. No, it's all the friends. That's what it is because you would ride your bike as a little kid and your mom would be like, go out and make some friends. Wait, are you that- serious? You really think that that's what appeals to me about it? No. <laughs> okay. Yes, I have. Not, not that you want to belong to a cult. But you can cons- you any doc- like a documentary about a cult or anything like that. I think that there's a part of you that I've always suspected. It, not that you would ever be in a cult or that you s- want to be in a cult or that you like cults, but that something about that communal experience <laughs> speaks to you. It's so funny that that's how you think a cult is. Like to me, a cult is a nightmare. Like a cult is is not but like that. But you showed me this thing that had all these people in prairie dresses running around a hillside, and you're like, "Isn't there something that looks kind of fun about that?" Right, probably that specific moment that we were looking at. Look, well, I've based my entire like, understanding on a that. Cult to me is not like some. Oh, look at it's a big family and everyone loves each other. <laughs> no, like you're I know, it. I know. No, it's not. That's not how I I see it. So that's not what. That is not an appeal to me about it. There's no part of me that's like, oh man, I sure wish. The this idea. An interesting let me question. just say this. Who knows you better? Let me just say you this. Me. The idea of having a huge ass community like that is really stressful to me. <laughs> well, you've changed your tune. <laughs> I wish I remembered what the heck it was that I was referring to. I know. Uh, I might have just even po- been silly. Polygamy, being I silly. think. The polygamous cults that wasn't like a full-on non well, well I guess polygamy is, is in on its cults, surface sounds fantastic <laughs> until you've been married and then it's like why would i want to have this times three <laughs> it's a nightmare uh i don't know um but anyway we yeah. watched unorthodox i started watching it on my own because i think you i thought you weren't in, interested in it um, and then we watched it. It was four. I had even f- told you I wanted to watch it. Well, like listen, obviously I don't know you well and I don't listen when you talk. Um, it was so good. Really good. It was like beautiful and poetic. It's based on something real or a real situation. However, I still felt like it still felt like a work of art. But also we lived in, we just moved from a community that was basically Riddled I mean, like Hasids. Seventy percent. It felt like seventy percent Hasids. I mean, it was very, very yeah concentrated, 
And so, you know, when you live inside the community like that, um, you think a lot about it. And so, you know, to get, and it's a very like private, they don't talk to you on the streets, you know, they, they, it's like they live in their own world. They won't make eye contact with you. They won't talk to you occasionally like walking the dog. Like the men would say hi, Mm -hmm. like they wouldn't, it's like, not like nobody would say hi and they weren't totally, you know, unfriendly. It's just that like the women wouldn't and the children were often like not sure what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, It was very strange. I actually wondered do they not like dogs? Because we've None always of them had ever like very, had dogs. We've always had very stuffed animal looking dogs, and there and there was never any interest. I bet there's something in the you know faith that says they can't have dogs or something because none of them ever had them. We might be wrong. Well, it's not. I mean, there's a lot of rules. Like it's yeah. a commu- it's a it's a it's a faith that is all about a lot of rules. You know, so I could just look that up. So that they wouldn't have dogs is not wild. It's to think. I mean, it 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 seems like it would it would be right. Judaism and pets. Question and answer. Oh, picture from Time Out. Uh, what Jewish tradition? Okay, okay, okay. This is no time for a pop up ad. Uh, da, da, da. There is no Jewish prohibition against owning pets. Um. Uh, is it below are some common questions about Jews and pets? Is it true that Orthodox Jews don't have pets? And what's the origin of the perception that Judaism is averse to pets? Interesting. While there are no studies on Jewish pet ownership, anecdotal reports do suggest that pet ownership is less common among Orthodox Jews than among the general Jewish population. One possible explanation for this may be that Orthodox Jews on average have more children than do other Jews, leaving them with less time and money available to care for pets. Another factor may be the perception that pet ownership is frowned upon or will get in the way of ritual observance. I was going to say... Yeah, because what do they do I was going to say, exactly, on Shabbos, you know, it would be, what do you do with a pet? You couldn't pick up a leash, probably. Right. Like, you wouldn't be able to take care of your dog. Yeah, it's probably just a practical thing. That makes right. sense. Um, let's see here. One other factor that has discouraged some Jews from owning dogs is an association with the Holocaust. Nathan Slifkin, an Orthodox rabbi who was written, ex- who has written, no, who was written extensive. I feel like they want to say who has written extensively about Judaism and animals has suggested that some European Jews have quote, a hang up about dogs born of the Nazis fondness for and use of the animals. I honestly did wonder if it might have a little something to do with that. I bet it's more of the practical thing. Right. Um, maybe in the um, Sotmer community, it's closer to the Holocaust reason since that community in particular um, is sort of, was sort of founded by Holocaust survivors, but right. Uh yeah, it just makes more sense. Like, what do you do on? Sh- it would be impossible right. to have a dog. Right. Yeah. So okay. So anyway, um, I recommend everyone watch it. It was it was so good. I feel like it's going to win a bunch of awards, but also, unlike a lot of fairly dense programming, where I feel like this is like really good and enriching, and I can tell I'm watching something of quality, but. F- fuck it's not enjoyable to watch it was like for me it was engrossing from the get-go yeah 
I want to watch a hundred more episodes of it. There was only four. <laughs> yeah. There were only four. Yeah, it was really, really, really well done. So anyway, it was based on this woman who wrote a book. Her name's Deborah Feldman. And so I was so curious about it afterwards that I listened to her on a podcast and the it was this Australian podcast and the host was asking, you know, how many people are there in the Satmar community? Uh, and she said, you know, it like estimates are like a hundred thousand or something like that. Wow. And she said that she thinks that there are probably more, but she thinks that it's really hard to know because in that community they are averse to being counted. And so they're not mm-hmm. going to really see the per- like they're not going to really want to do a census. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that it was really interesting that they are brought up to believe that everyone who's not a Jew is there to like ultimately persecute them and to mm-hmm. hate them. Mm-hmm. And it was just interesting. But I, now I'm, I've got I've I'm on a tangent. But the thing about being afraid of being counted and not wanting to be like registered and things like that. I have that. Hmm. Not a Hasid. But yeah, you won't I... let me do the census. No, that's not true. Okay. You can go ahead and do the census. Okay, thank you. But I was joking. But there is a part of me that's like, hmm, is there any way that could be turned against? I'm just saying, even though I didn't know I was Jewish until way past when I should have known. Mm-hmm. The fear isn't that that kind of cultural fear mm-hmm. is still inside me. Um, I, yeah, I'm like, what's to be gained from doing the census? Now I know that you've explained what's to be gained, <laughs> but I think that's my attitude. Everyone do the census, seriously. But I'm just saying that's my attitude toward a lot of things. It's like, what good comes from your name being on that list? Well, they already know. I mean, no, I know. I'm just, I, I'm not talking about whether to do the census or not. Obviously, do the census. <laughs> Give your plug for the census, please. Well, no, I wasn't going to do that. I was going to say, like. No, but do, because it's important civic, from a civic standpoint. I will, but, but they know every, you have a credit card. You, there's like nothing that they can't know about you right now. Like, you have an a, a iPhone. They? The government, whoever. Like, it's so easy to track people now. It's so easy to get all the information. This idea that, like, now, now, Somehow if you were in a if you were grid, in an Orthodox yeah. community, you know that's different. But you're not. Um, no, the census you got to do it because that's how they proportion the districts. That if you don't, if people don't do the census, then you're not going to have as many Congress people. You're not going to have the same representation, money, resources, things like that. So just do it. They're not. It's not going to be used for evil. All right, you've made your census point. Yeah, do it. Well, that's, I didn't have more to say about it than that, Daniel. All I want to say is, deep down, I guess I'm a Hasid. No, I just think that the trauma, the, the way to understand the Satmar community in particular is... And the Rosen family a little. I'll get there. <laughs> is that this is a community uh, forged by trauma. You know, it was... It was uh, founded by holocaust survivors so it's like you can understand a lot of it if you understand that but in a general sense like the world jewish population has all been traumatized by the holocaust and so like some of the things you see more intensely in the orthodox community you still see it in other areas so it makes perfect sense that you know 
uh, I mean, it's perfectly logical. For like, I was raised to be paranoid. Well, you like, know, when all you, the time when you say like, oh, they they believe that everybody is a well. The only reason they believe that is because that's been the truth throughout history. <laughs> right. Like they literally just can list all the times every single generation has been persecuted yeah. by people. Yeah, and- she was that's something that she was that Deborah Feldman was saying in the interview is that they see the Holocaust as just the latest example of this long history of persecution as opposed yeah. to how how we have come to see it which is this like Singular kind of aberrate, singular and aberration, and you right. can, you see it now. I mean, you know, not to get into it, I'm not going to get into it. But like right now, if you look, there is a huge rising tide of anti-Semitism in this country, mm. and you know, we have to understand that this can have the same outcome. We have to be vigilant about it. And they're just at this point where they're like, we can't. It's interesting because they're both, and we'll get off the topic. They're both uh, simultaneously. We believe that every non-Jewish community will eventually try to rise up and, and wipe us out. Okay, so we are going to live with that knowledge. At the same time, we are also going to live fully as Jews because we can't help that fact. No matter what we do, they're going to come after us, so we might as well be as into the faith and um external about that and and display that as possible you should go to my dad's ted talk it's wild so he it's would like, be like no you just say you're not jewish yeah so let they, it, just let it go yeah, yeah, just pretend you're not just say you're not what's no. the big and so there, so there's like i i think that they almost feel like they're holding on to their tradition because they have to like preserve the flame for future generations and so while they might be miserable now it's worth it because they're the fire will burn brighter in the future but the fire of what the the traditions that they're carrying forward from their ancestors, the the the, the lineage that they have, the I, the, yeah, the faith, I mean, the the traditions, all that. I yeah, I guess at the same time they don't let women. Well, read. It's, it's not. It's like a very from our point of view, it's a very repressive faith. Yeah, you know, and yeah, it's like it's problematic from where we sit, but like. And maybe even from where they sit, <laughs> but like I'm just saying, that's the thinking there. I'm not. I'm not here to judge it. I'm just saying, like uh, the they're not crazy. It's it's you know they're not crazy about what feeling persecuted. I think their attitude makes sense to me. I don't. I don't think that it's healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like well, yeah, but you can also find that attitude in Israel, and that's that's not repressive in the same way i think i think there's a couple things going on i think on the one hand there's the the jewish fear of an awareness of persecution and on the other hand there's this decision to be um archaic and repressive and the two don't go hand in hand how do you mean you can be modern and still be afraid of persecution or aware. Well, they're not. Of they're not linked. They're That's not what I'm linked. Saying. Yeah. No. Glad we're they're on just, the same page. Yeah, yeah. They're not. They're not connected. They're just existing at the same time. That it's like it's a it's a funny it's funny to to see that like on the one hand they're they're going to get really really into this orthodox ultra 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 orthodox interpretation of this religion, mm-hmm. which means like the whole world can see you. You're like putting a big spotlight on you because you're living in a major right. city, living like this. At the same time, 
you know, at center to your 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 whole uh, belief system is that the, the everybody is going to try to kill you. So it's like oh, like the, gonna, you mean like they're being so conspicuous in there. They're being very conspicuous yeah. with a belief that would maybe lead you to think you should be inconspicuous. Right. You know, it's, so it's like, it's I like, see. if I you believe that everybody is out it, to yeah. kill you because you're like a, a green Martian and then you are like, I'm going to be as green and as Martian-y as possible. Right. It's like, well, maybe instead put some, you know, clothes on and try to blend in. That's what my dad did. But I think that they, they, that to them is erasing. Like, right. So it's, they're it's, anti-assimilation. It's I, yeah. I, I, look, I'm not here to, to be critical of anything. I just think it's interesting. Also, I read that they're anti-Zionist, but I don't really know enough about what Zionist means, but that kind of surprised me. Does the relationship that mean anti the state of Israel? So, what, so in, the, in the show, there, there is a uh, character who's Israeli, and mm-hmm. she's not, she doesn't seem to be religious. Um, or at least, you know, she's definitely not Orthodox. Who? The, at the music school. Oh right, yeah. And the way that that the the way that that character uh, sort of interacts with the main character who came from this Orthodox community and like the tension there, I feel like I was telling you. I feel like it's in a language I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's there are things being communicated and subtextually through that that I don't get because I don't know enough about uh, the you know, Israeli Jews and their relationship to the Orthodox Jews and the Orthodox Jews relationship to Israel. Like, I don't know any of that. I don't know what they're trying to say with it, but they're clearly trying to say something. And so when you say yeah. that, I, I just don't know enough. About yes. It. it was interesting. Cause I feel like I know a little more than you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't really know that much. You know who we need to, um, about parse- Israel. I know more about the, the Hasids than you. Yeah. Let's you know who clear. we need to parse this? Jackie Johnson. Cause she's converting. She can come over and let us know. What if know. she converts to Lubavitch? <laughs> and, and her husband-to-be is like, you've gone too far. Yeah, wait. Like, yeah, we're back in. Damn wait it. a minute. We should have talked about this ahead of time. She got so into it. <laughs> she wants to be orthodox. <sighs> Listen, Daniel. It's a beautiful religion, honey, except for all the stuff that isn't beautiful. Go ahead. Sorry. I want to commend you. Mm on this thing that you've done with your cup you took to heart my asking you why you brought in a metal cup and a metal I take straw notes. last time let it be known i take notes and so this time you have your cup of decaf mm-hmm. on a plate with strips of fabric i have a, i have a, a metal uh uh saucer yeah because i'm fancy and i have a saucer for my my it's like a cappuccino cup and uh, so I put felt on that. So listen. I don't hear anything. There's no clank. Don't hear nothing. That's right. And I just want to leave you guys with this. Uh, I wish I could remember what it was that Elliot was going to eat, but I asked if he liked it, and he said, yes, it's very good to crunch and munch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's being raised by commercials. <laughs> yeah. You know, Don Draper. <laughs> right. It's toasted. Uh, listen, is there anything else you need to tell me? We don't have any more voicemails? Oh, yeah, we, ha- we do. Jesus. Do I have to produce this show now? Do you want to? No. Okay. Hey, Allison. Hey, Daniel. Um, hey, I just want to give you guys a call and say thanks for all the content because, like, yeah, it's obviously really depressing times right now. Um, I live down in South Australia, and 
I guess um, it's been weird because the numbers for COVID are pretty good down here, and things have been pretty bad back in the U.S. where all my family is. So, um, but I guess I just want to say for all the listeners who have been chiming in and you know, hang in there. It's going to be fine. Like, we just, we just got to pull through it. But, like, I feel like down here that we're kind of living post-COVID a little bit. Um, it still comes up, but we're not in that paranoia and fear like we were. Uh, then when I talk to people back in the U.S., it's like they're just right in the thick of it. So, I don't know. I guess I just want to say, hey, look, um, it's possible to get through it, and we will. And... All these different little new issues we're, we're going to overcome and we'll get through it. So I don't know. Just want to say thank you and, and just want to say thanks to all your listeners. And, um, yeah, hope you guys are getting through. And, uh, I think, uh, Daniel should wear that lemon shirt a little more often. I got to say, um, when someone said, is Daniel hot? I thought, is he hot because he's wearing a lemon shirt? Well, you know, maybe the lemons, uh, can step up a little bit of hotness for all of us. I don't know. Maybe we'll all start wearing, wearing lemon shirts. Anyway, thanks, guys. Bye. I mean, the world would be a better place if everyone was wearing lemon shirts. I'm it not really gonna, would. I mean, just imagine it. I love uh, it. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for your nice comment. I mean, sorry. Thank you for your nice voicemail. I love the idea that we could get to a post-COVID world, but I f- I, we're struggling here per- right now. Perhaps you've been in too, Australia too long. People here are too obstinate and dumb um maybe that's not fair i don't i don't know that i i understand where that's coming from okay that statement mm. um and i would say that i have felt that way too but this to me falls on leadership um, well our leadership's obstinate and dumb too yes but people people have been given, given mixed messages, messages uh you know this thing where where they were like everyone needs to stay inside for three months and then they did nothing. Well, people saw that nothing was happening, and they realized like, what do you mean did nothing? Where's the where's the the tracing and the and the oh. all the things that other countries did in order to bring their numbers down? We didn't do any of it. So then you go well, everyone's sitting there going like they're not doing anything. Eventually, we're going to have to leave months go by like you can't be surprised that people are just fed up or whatever i i um they have to earn a living it's just this this falls 100 percent on leadership to me um i try not to get angry at people uh, even the people who refuse to wear masks because they think it's control? i get frustrated with those people yes i do but like someone someone i heard pointed this out to me and it, it sort of changed my thinking on it which was um Imagine if Donald Trump said, uh, "All you all have to wear masks, not because there's a pandemic, but because like some reason that you don't think is important, like because I don't know some hooky reason." Hooky? Yeah, hooky. I just made that up. Uh, wow. Hokey. Hook- okay. For for hooky, hooky is how they say it in Australia. I was <laughs> for to hooky be in the reason. Of the call. Um, You'd be like, what the fuck? I have to and be like, and if you don't wear it outside, then, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to do your grocery shopping mm-hmm. and you're going to, but you're like, but there's no issue. What you're just, this is just government forcing me. You'd be furious, you know, but, it, but it's like, and that's, but yes, they don't but, believe, they don't believe that it's a problem. Yeah, because, 
and it's dumb. government and it's government forcing them to do something. It would Yes, I know. No, no. I get why anti-vaxxers don't want to have vaccines. I'm just saying but if Obama and the people you trust mm-hmm. were telling you that it wasn't a problem. Oh, I see. I and see. It was I the missed other somehow. side. And it. it was the other side. It was Trump and Fox News and all them that were telling you it was a problem. You'd be like, fuck you. No way. I'm not putting on a mask. You, you mean to say the people that they trust and believe in have told them it's not yes. a problem. So they think it's like the left. Yes. I see. So they see okay, it as understand. the left. I understand and so, what you're saying. You're so right. it's like. You know, uh, I so that's why you blame leadership for tell for making them think that it wasn't a problem. Yes, right. Because that makes sense. Because obviously we have the the most incompetent leadership we've ever seen in this country, and they they have reasons or whatever. I get into it. Ob- yeah. It's all obvious to everybody. Who, but it's just unfortunate. I can't blame the people. Is what I'm saying. Like I don't want to get too hard on people. I'm. Yeah, I know. I am frustrated and uh, a little bit, you know, broken like everyone else by this whole situation. So therefore, I have some anger. Well, I, about that's it. that's fine. And it's... also, I feel like fuck. It doesn't have to be like this. Can people just get their shit together? But the but the current spread of COVID is not because individuals didn't wear masks it, it, that that played a role. Yeah, I know. The current because we opened up too fast, right? Because we didn't uh, do. Oh, I'm blanking on the term, but it's like the tracing, contact tracing. contact tracing, and we didn't do the media. We didn't beef up the tests, and we didn't do all the things that other countries did that no individual has the power to do. But we also opened up way too fast in areas. Yeah, and they opened up too fast. Yeah. Right. So it's like all those things are not those are not individual choices. Those are leadership choices. Is there anything fun that we can end on cuz this wasn't? Uh I got something. Okay. So to end to end the show on something Lighthearted. We can talk about our our son Elliot. Okay. And something I've thought about. Uh, he does this thing where, um, he started doing it like about a month ago, I think maybe, and he's he started tapering off. He doesn't do it as quite as much. Which is, he he goes yeah 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 when he's happy. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And you'll ask him questions, and instead of uh. Or even if you're not asking him questions, he'll just say, yeah, 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 he'll yeah. He'll kind of come up for a hug and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll go, yeah, 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 mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was thinking like his childhood so far has been, I think, really good. Uh-huh. At least, you know, from where I sit. And he has no reason to, there's nothing that, there's no like real negative experiences, you know, uh, real so I, I feel like he's in a state of just kind of general happiness The you know, yeah, he gets frustrated, whatever, but like, and I think that elicits this, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I want to get to that, yeah, yeah, state of mind. I want to do it. I, I, but I also want to preserve his, yeah, yeah, state of mm-hmm. mind, you know, like that's my goal is to keep it. Like if you're looking at it, if you're looking at his, where he's at as like being a, a readout on a on a you know a machine mm-hmm. and it's like a little it's got the green 
over here and then the red. Maybe it's like yellow, green, red. It's green in the middle. That's Yaya. I want to keep him in. Right? It's like, I want to make sure that from a parenting point of view, I'm always keeping him in the Yaya state of mind. Uh, you know, <laughs> like not to push him into red. Right. Or drop him down into yellow or whatever. It's when like, he is like about to get something he's excited about, whether it's like a piece of fruit or a toy, and he's like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited, Daddy. I'm so excited. Is that when he's in the yeah. red? No, no, that's not red. That's green. Like, okay. that's joy. Th- th- that's the other thing. What, with little kids, everything is so pure. That and on what, the surface. It's just there's no faking anything, really. So when they're like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. It's just like, they're just, they really are. They're so excited. Like, you don't see that in yeah. adults. You don't see adults go, ah! I'm, I'm, so, so, excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's just like, that's, those are the, we, I complain about stuff with parenting but that's i love that it's nice to be around creatures that are so pure mm-hmm. he'll become a little asshole when he becomes a teenager i'm sure but maybe not is there ever been a, a good teenager i was a great teenager i'm sure you weren't <laughs> if you want to call the show did i already give the number give what, it again yeah in case you tuned in at the end three two three five five three two three three one again that's three two three five five three two three three one follow me on twitter and instagram what does that spell is it like three two three it's like ba- babuba i think it's f- it f- friend or something does it really yeah it yeah uh, you should find out because well i know because i chose it um, but also people will remember it. Yeah, I guess it'd be... Okay, hang on. If it's 323-FRIEND, three, three, why are it's you not, not... It's not just friend. Okay, so... Three... You know what? On the next episode, <laughs> I will let you know. It's a tease. I'm sure they could let us know. Daniel, where can we find you? You can follow me at Twitter and Instagram. And I thought i'd set up a twitch page but had not because i'm an old man who doesn't know how to use new technologies so thank you to people who have uh reminded me to uh that i promised this and didn't deliver um but this week i swear i'm gonna do it so i will watch my twitter and i will i will tweet out my twitch did i say I th- twitch or did i say twitter twitch i think it's a twitch yeah i'll say uh you know i'm playing far cry 5 and uh, it, maybe I'll play that. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just chat with you. It's this. It's 323-553-BFF1. That's good. <laughs> it's maybe. not as good as it sounded like it was going to be. 323-553-BFF1. Yeah, it's not. Like, it's the, not best the best I could do. Okay, well. <laughs> I won't give it out from now on. But call. I like your voicemails. Daniel, are you done? Oh, what else do I have to promote? Um, hmm, nothing. You guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time. 